On today's episode, we are patriotic as hell because the United States women's national team has won the World Cup. We break down how they got it done and provide our rapid reactions to their second consecutive cup. We also introduce some new segments, including We Watch the 30 for 30, This Dude Sucks, and the seemingly unbelievable news story of the week. All right, let's dive in. Now when the sun come up, I'll be there to say what up in the morning. Brush my teeth, find that clip I've been looking for since last night. I feel so caught up in the bud. I float some out in my bedroom. Turn around, see myself in the mirror. I guess I'm cool. And those happy thoughts in my head. I'm feeling like I'm Peter Pan. Minus the tights and the birds. Happy to see how far I've come to the same place. It began my dreams, imagination. Perfectly at peace. So I move along a bit higher. It's Monday afternoon. Andrew just got off work. He is sunburnt as hell. Let's go Frisbee golf. The artist formerly known as Red Lobster. Um, honestly, the red it's getting better. complexion of your skin matches the, well, a third of the red, white, and blue. For the Women's National Cup? I mean, you're, like, look at you shirt. right now, blue shirt. <laughs> Barely White. pasty skin that wasn't And then sunburned. just arms that are just burnt <clears throat> to a freaking crisp. I was really trying to get into the national, uh, to the to the World Cup, so the well, sunburn was intentional. Good for you, man. So U.S. women win gold at the World Cup. They defeat Netherlands 2 to nothing yesterday in a game that was not nearly as close as the scoreboard uh, dictated at the end of the game, in my opinion. I don't know your take on this, but... I don't know if I know soccer enough. I know they're usually low scoring anyway, but just... Uh, it was not as... Like, not nearly as early of a score. They didn't score to what? The 61st minute? Right. And the, they said they, uh, they've, they've scored the first 12 minutes like every game. So it was kind of scary to watch, only because at first I was like, dang, like, if, if we're not getting gold, but we're doing well, and someone and, and, and they are able to score, then we're going to lose this. But then they, they ended up pulling it away in a pretty lofty win. Obviously, you want to see U.S. come out victorious, but wouldn't you rather have a relatively close game? Uh, yeah, just I was to make it a little glad. bit more watchable. I was glad with how competitive it was, uh, even though like I did feel that we were going to win the whole time until we just couldn't couldn't close it. That was it. We just got almost there. We couldn't close it, but I'm glad. Because at least it wasn't 2-0 from minute 12. You know, it was 2-0 from minute 69. And right. they were still competitive in that. The, the first half, oh my, the, the goalie from the Netherlands was playing out of her mind. She was outrageous. She had and to. There was a couple of lucky saves, but it seemed like they, it wasn't a matter of if but when the United States finally pulled through. I thought they were going to net a goal in the first half because uh, Rapino got close a couple of times. And then Alex Morgan near, nearly missed a goal. Um and Honestly, some of them were closer than they looked. And we, we were watching the replays, remember? And they yeah. just like barely would bounce off the goalie side. Everything. And like to the naked eye, when you're watching, you're like, okay, the goalie made a save. Then you like watch the slow mo, and it just, it was near, like you said, nearly a goal. Um, they come out in the second half. Rapino uh, gets a penalty that a wasn't. A VAR penalty. What, the VAR came in. They originally didn't call it a foul. It was definitely a foul. They take a look at it, penalty. Rapino just penalty. ices the goalie. She guesses wrong. She it was a little off center to the right. Just perfect, perfectly played. Rapino, uh, she scored the most goals in the World Cup. She uh, received the golden boot uh, after the fact. But eight minutes later, Rose Lavelle 
the Wisconsin product, she scores an absolute beaut. Um, two nothing, and they just kind of chewed clock for the rest of the game. But that second goal, I think, was really necessary because anytime there's a VAR of our goal, everyone's gonna, you know, it's like, oh, they won because you know VAR. They won because of this and this and this. At least putting a second goal on there made not no no one has that excuse. Absolutely. Granted, they were playing the United States, so they were they were probably not looking like they were gonna win that anyway. Like even in their own minds, you know. But I'm glad we scored a second goal so that you don't just hear. Not that we probably see it because I'm not really on Netherlands Twitter. I don't know about you. Um, but I, I, there's no way to say like an asterisk because it was a VAR goal. And we had two goals. Don't you think they could have scored more than two goals? Oh, absolutely. I think especially in the end when they, they just started kind of like, they just started messing around. Not messing around, I guess, because it's still the World Cup. But they weren't as aggressive as you shouldn't be. And they, they were okay with a, with a 2-0 win. They didn't need a 3-0, 4-0. Oh, my gosh. I forgot who it was, but it was like this the 85th minute. Wide open, cut out a goal, and then they slowed it back. Carly Lloyd. It was Carly Lloyd, yeah. Really close. Just It, it looked like almost chose not to score yep. because they were just like, let's just And I don't it. know if that's class, and you know, I'm, I'm sure you just don't want to like twist the knife there. I would have liked to see another goal selfishly, but I, I get it. I understand. It's Netherlands didn't really have any sustainable attacks in the second half. Everybody looked like they were tired. Um, Rapino gets taken out. This, I would imagine, is her last World Cup. Oh, She's definitely. 34. Uh, or she just turned 35. 34, oldest person ever mm-hmm. to play? Uh, Abby Wambach played her last one at 34. So that's I think that's really that's as old oldest, as you can be. Um, she was playing a little injured, but like I said, most goals in uh, the entirety of the World Cup. So shout out to the ladies. Andrew, 26 to 3. You know what that is? <laughs> that's the margin that the United States outscored their opponents throughout this World Cup. 26 goals. To three. That's funny. I'm sorry. I was thinking if that was the uh, same score that uh, Patriots came back against Atlanta. I think it is. No, no, no. But close. Essentially close. Um, Cut that out if you need to. But uh, that's crazy. Honestly, the the fact that this was only a 2-0 game is crazy because some of those games, especially uh, you know in their first round where they were scoring all those goals. 26 to 3 is crazy. I mean, that was sort of ballooned by the 13 to nothing yeah. victory over Thailand. But Thailand. still, take those 13 goals away. It's 13 to 3. That's still just dom- the three, really. And the defense was a little bit of a question mark coming to this World Cup. Um, but it turns out that they're just easily the best team. Um, you know, we we watched the first uh, first half at our apartment. Because it turns out most bars are not open at 10 a.m. on Sundays. We, we debated whether... I mean... If you've ever watched um, a World Cup game in a bar atmosphere, it's second to none, in my opinion. I mean, oh, I agree. It's you, you got the national pride, um, just being better than everybody else. It's it's really gratifying. Well, it's um, the only and time, you don't really get to experience that a lot with the men. So, well, and it seems like it's the only time where it's not just overwhelmingly everyone's cheering for one team. It's everybody. No one was in there cheering for the Netherlands. Yeah, we should have been those guys. We should have. We should have been there. The yeah, with some, <laughs> with some Netherlands jerseys. Out of a bar. But, that would have been amazing. Like, I felt good about being at a, a, if you can call Buffalo Wild Wings a bar, I felt good about being there at 11 a.m. on a Sunday because everybody was having so much fun. It was a good it atmosphere. Was- Just like most of those people probably, I don't watch soccer year-round. I wish I did. Uh, honestly, I, I need to get into other sports first anyway. But... Everybody can rally around America's team. It's literally America's team. It's yeah. not like the Cowboys where we just call ourselves that. It's America's team. And it's America's best national team of any sport 
Besides, you could argue basketball, I guess, because we don't. Yeah, but well, not really. I mean, it's just it's it's really fun. You get that victory in the World Cup, juxtaposed with the United States men who fell in the Gold Cup to Mexico last night, and it just it's it's such a shame that the the men have not been able to field a competitive team in. It seems like I, I can't remember the last time I, I watched the the U.S. men play a you know a top five. Uh, program or top five country in a world cup or even a world cup qualifier and said okay that's a competitive team so i don't particularly care too much about the men's soccer team at this point because they're not winning i want to talk about the women's and the fact that i wish that other countries i hope to see other countries develop their women's teams more as like i guess as cocky as this sounds i want more competition for the american women also the better that other countries start investing into that and, and developing their players the more money that that'll make for them and the more money we can pay them. If that makes sense. No, it does. I just want, like, I, I want to see even more competition because we're 26 to 3. Were they competing or were they just dominating? You know, I, I, there were times where they were competing instead of I dominating. Watched but four of the five games, I believe. And Did you doubt any of them? No. No, I didn't. I mean, yeah, so it's, like, they're amazing. Absolutely amazing. I wish I could get more into soccer too. You and I can play FIFA anytime. That'll get you better at it. I promise. Better at watching it. Uh, I'm not. I'm not very good at FIFA though, so that's okay. But you know the the women's World Cup or sorry the women's national team being this much better comparatively or compared to the men's team like within their own leagues is really I think more of a sign of other countries not having developed it as much, whereas we did develop it. We have an amazing women's national team, whereas we, they, we, don't, we don't have that competition that the men do. You know, just shout out to those ladies. They made the country proud. They made me proud. They gave me a great excuse to uh, drink at 11 a.m. on a Sunday. Drink. Also, just a fun fact. In Texas, you are not allowed to be served alcohol on Sunday at a restaurant before noon unless they serve something with it that is a food. So we were good enough to order a beer and then be served Three sticks of celery with a side of ranch that we did not order. Uh, but apparently that gets you through the law with okay. TABC. Shout Texas out. has the craziest... TABC. They have the craziest liquor beer laws I've Some ever pre- seen. Pretty great celery. No action. Sundays. Can't buy liquor after 10, 8, 10 p.m. That's part of living or is in it the... Or 9 p.m. It's 9 p.m. Yeah. Crazy. Love it. Well, I love you. I love you for several other reasons, Texas. That That is not one of them. Okay. I don't no. love the temperature either. I'm in a lot of pain. Yeah, we so it is the dog days of summer. We are it's three o'clock right now, and we're trying to do this thing where we're being responsible adults and leaving our AC off until six p.m. And we're in a uh, room, a, uh, an undisclosed location, <laughs> undisclosed location, secret topper, top secret lair. Uh, doors closed, and it has to be at least eighty degrees in here. We sat down about ten minutes ago, and I'm already sweating bullets. So, dedication. All right, let's move on. Next segment, we watched the 30 for 30 without bias. So it takes a big man to admit that he's not the smartest person in any room. And I'm admitting that I am not the smartest person in, well, this room I would, it's a a competition. It's a toss up. But most knowledgeable. So we're 20, Andrew, you're 24, I'm 25. We, there's certain parts of the sports, the history of sports that we're just not familiar with. So instead of, trying to read about all of the things that happened before our time uh, we decided that a good way to sort of develop a little bit more knowledge is by watching 30 for 30s um i've watched all of them but 
Um, all 88 of them? Well, all at least season one, season two, most of season three. Um, when I was 13 years old, my grandfather gave me one of the best birthday presents of my life. It was the two box set, season one, season two of 30 for 30. I watched them all. They're fantastic. Um, one of my favorite ones is uh, one entitled Without Bias. It details the story of Lynn Bias, who was a rising budding star from the University of Maryland. He was um, sort of compared to Michael Jordan and the way he attacked the rim. And he was raw. Like, he was obviously raw. And they talk about this in the documentary. But he was uh, he was potentially going to be the next big thing in the NBA. The Boston Celtics in 86 were coming off a championship. And by luck of the draw, I feel like freaking Boston always gets freaking lucky. They had the second overall pick. So they take... Not so much lately, uh, but yes, then. Because they have zero all-stars um, out of their picks. Well, no, I'm like saying like in, in, in just Boston sports in general. Uh, Boston sports in general, yes. How do you get Tom they, Brady in the second Yeah, yeah. So round? Celtics might arguably be the least lucky, at least over the last decade, I would say. Ever since oh, definitely. Uh, Paul, the, the, the trio of Paul Pierce, oh, KG, was, and Ray Allen. Decade. Um, but anyway, so Lynn Bias gets, gets selected number two. He is dead two days later. Overdosed on cocaine. It was a huge story when it happened. Um, the documentary itself is just soul crushing. It's at times it's hard to watch. It's really hard to watch because they start off by interviewing family members, teammates, coaches, and it's obvious that this guy was not only a, a great basketball player but a pretty good dude as well. And so he goes from the draft goes home, meets with all of his family. The thing that stuck out with me, one of the coolest parts is he went and signed a deal with Reebok and he brought all of his old friends and his entire family new shoes. Just a ton of them. Yeah, just like, because he was, he kind of had that mindset like, you're all sharing in my successes with me. So he goes back to school to celebrate with his friends and stays up from, uh, it, was, it was something like 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. doing coke, drinking, and he goes into cardiac arrest, starts having a seizure, and it's the details are a little murky. The, the if you if you you should probably go read about this, but I forget the guy's name. It's was it Ryan, Brian Tribble? The, oh, sort of Tribble, the, yeah, Tribble's the, his teammate. The, the ringleader. The it seemed like the ringleader of the of the organization, or not the organization, but at least this gathering. Um, Honestly, he seems like the one that supplied everything. To yeah, you. and we, we'll touch on that a little later. But, and the law thinks that he's the one yeah, that supplied everything. Exactly. I mean, so. Um, they waited after the seizure for a couple of minutes to call, and they finally call. That I don't blame him for. He I'd be I'd freaked be, out. I'd be scared too. It's, coked out. In, yeah, in hindsight, it looks it's a it's a, it's a bad look. Not but great. it's he was young and stupid. Yep. So um, they come. Uh, ambulances come. Paramedics come. Take him to the hospital, and he dies. Uh, parents get the phone call, and watching the parents relive getting the phone call was. Really I, tragic. I think that was a good part of the, uh, like my favorite part of the entire 30 for 30, which by the way, as much as I hate to admit, this first 30 for 30 I've watched, I intend to watch as many as possible, uh, but just wasn't something that I watched when I was younger. Uh, wasn't something that I've watched now, but uh, after this one, I definitely want to watch a lot more, although I know I started with a pretty high caliber one, but watching his parents relive it, as much as I know that was terrible for them, it was kind of, it was enjoyable because they... They still have all this belief of the good in life and and everything. And, and what else happened to them? They had their... Uh, that's 
that's um, what I was going to get into. So uh, just unspeakable tragedy. Then a couple of years later, uh, one of his younger brothers gets shot outside of a shopping mall. After an argument at like a K Jewelers, right? Yeah, just just senseless. And you know, how are the parents supposed to expect one? You never you never should have to bury your child, right? But they had to bury two out of the I think they have five total. That's a crazy toll to deal with in four years and still believe in everything. His mom was she seems still just diehard believes that there's good in life, there's a reason for everything and all that. And that was kind of beautiful to watch. It was that she can manage to maintain that. I I I'm and her, her husband too. She was so honestly that couple was just just such great, seemed like great people. They raised really good kids and what they talk about a lot in I mean cocaine obviously is it's it's a huge part of it and the documentary gets into the war on drugs as a result of this and all the fallout. I mean within a couple of months the head coach uh, I think it was Lefty uh, Lefty Dreisel, and who was who was there for seventeen years? He resigns. The athletic director Richard Dole, he resigns. But I do think, like they, they talked about a little bit that people didn't know the issue as much, right? Like now you know what what can happen if you do coke. Did right. they know that back in nineteen eighty four? And they were talking the the crazy thing that stuck out to me, and the thing that get, makes me a little bit suspect of the entire thing is that the cocaine they were doing was ninety eight percent pure, which is unspeakable for just a, um, and people think that uh, most people who were interviewed said I had never seen Lynn do coke before he wasn't like that um, somebody in that social circle this wasn't their first time getting cocaine um, and the crazy thing is and we talked about triple earlier um, he was the guy who all the prosecution's case rested on his shoulders they were trying to convict him well, um, not five years later, he is convicted uh, for something else. Yep, he was found uh, to be in possession of drugs following a two-year sting operation. He was sentenced to ten years in jail. So, did he serve all ten? I, I don't know. I don't, don't have that information in front of me. Mm. But um, it's just it was tragic. It's a great documentary. It's really it's really well done. Those especially those first couple of seasons of Thirty for Thirty just just really really uh high quality the stories are really intriguing the interviews are fantastic and it's uh, all these old espn personalities that you kind of like they would pop and be like oh yeah that guy like it was lynn bias as good as he is remembered to have been or is he someone that this is the only the only comparison i could think of because it was really only someone that this is the only person i could think that was so big and has really just not ever lived up near their expectations andrew wiggins had andrew wiggins been drafted i think he was drafted number two as well if he'd been drafted number two and then died two days later from Coke, he would have been remembered as the, the future, like the possible future of basketball. I, I wish I could have seen what would have happened with Lynn Bias in the, in the bigger spotlight. It seems he would have done much better than Andrew Wiggins has done because uh, Andrew Wiggins, while he's getting paid, just hasn't lived up to that. But I wonder what the, how, how that narrative changed afterwards. So Because think- no one really blames him for doing Coke. No one really blames him for any of that. They all say he was a really good guy, really, really good player. What would he have been? I think there's something to be said for remembering those who leave too early uh, more fondly than perhaps they should. Um, I don't know. He was the ACC Player of the Year at Maryland. ACC's uh, historically been the most competitive 
or one of the most competitive conferences uh, in college basketball. He he was raw. He was really raw. And some people, if you read about him, say he was was not nearly as dedicated as he should have been until his uh, upperclassman year, so his junior senior year. So you don't know, and you don't know what player he could have been. I mean, that's that's the that's one of the tragedies of it all. You miss out on his career and what he could have been. But we watched all those those people and those experts talk about the way he played and his style. And I think it was um, it was either Will bon, Michael Wilbon or Blackstone who said that he was going to be the next big thing. He was going to be huge. And Wilbon is one of those guys who doesn't say anything. He's he's not one of those just he's not like a Stephen A. Smith who says it just for the takeism. He's he, what he said. What he says carries meaning, and he's very well respected. And I take his word for it. We don't know, though. At the end of the day, we don't know. All right, let's take a quick break. Next segment: the seemingly unbelievable news story of the week. Craig Sager saved Dennis Rodman from killing himself. So, this popped up on my Reddit feed earlier this weekend. The story is that in the early 90s, Dennis Rodman um, found out that his wife was cheating on him with one of his teammates. This Do you is, know who? Do we know who yet? No. no okay. No. That'll um, come out, I think. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. But um, this is – so in the early 90s, this is right when the bad boys, the Pistons, were breaking up. Um, his coach had just been fired. And – Things were not looking up for Mr. Rodman. Um, so he took a loaded pistol and left a suicide note with a friend and went to the Palace of Auburn Hills. That's where the Pistons used to play basketball. Uh, sidebar, do you know where the Pistons play basketball now? In Detroit. It's like Little Caesars Arena. Yes, in Detroit, smartass. Going, going from like an iconic name, the Palace of Auburn Hills. It's Caesars to, Palace. To Little Caesars, Little Caesars Palace. <laughs> So he apparently had every intention of killing himself in the arena. Gets there, decides against it, and goes to a strip club instead. So that's just a a, a move. Um, anyway, he goes to a strip club called The Landing Strip. Craig Sager finds out that all this is going on and hightails it to the strip club. And Sager, uh, he was quoted as saying that he had the gun. He was going to do it. I told him how stupid that would be. Um, as we all know, it worked. Um and when Sager uh, passed away after battling cancer for several years, uh, Dennis Rodman went, took to his Twitter account and posted this tweet. Craig Sager, thanks for saving my life when I was in dire need of help in Detroit back in 1993. Condolences to your family. RIP, my friend. Now, now did, did anybody know what that was about at the time? I, I honestly, I just saw the story and talked about I it. I had no clue. But I'd never heard of it. So no I, don't think that, I don't think anyone took that as what it was. No. No, right. no, no clue. And it's just, it's such an interesting story because we know that Craig Sager was one of the coolest human beings ever. He was, he was iconic. His, his suits, um, the way he carried himself on a court. He's, you know, I've, I've always wanted to be a, a broadcast journalist. And I looked up to guys like Craig Sager because not only was he, like I said, iconic, but the way he conducted himself in an inter- interview, he was able to go from, I don't know, going from uh, Greg Popovich to Tim Duncan and going across the aisle to Kobe Bryant. Those three people, uh, and he was constantly doing that kind of stuff. 
figuring out what he needed to do in the moment to get the most out of his subject. And he was able to do it effortlessly. And I miss him on the sideline dearly. He was a great talent. And obviously, as we see, he was just a good dude. Well, it's great. We talked about remembering people better than they were after they died, but I don't think that's actually possible with Craig Sager. Um, you know, I, mean, I, only, I only got three, four years of Craig Sager because I didn't watch basketball until 2013. We were, we were talking about this at uh, Buffalo, and as we were discussing this, we look over to the right, and you're just like, that's so funny. I just saw a clip of Craig Sager. I look over, and it's him giving his SB speech. So even three years later, he's still, you know, he's still held in really high regard, and his son's... Uh, he's still in the business. He's carrying on the legacy. There won't be another guy like him. Um, he was uh, he was really truly one in a million. Uh, that's such a that's overused, but I think in that case it's it's true. Uh, he's he's one of the icons of the industry, and it's just you know it's just unfortunate. Fuck cancer. Um, you know that's the seemingly unbelievable news story of the week. Shout out Craig Sager, gone too soon. Well, speaking of guys that are absolutely amazing human beings, let's go to the next segment where we talk about this guy sucks. All right, mine for the week is, if you haven't seen it already, which I know you have, but if anyone else hasn't, the congratulations that Bleacher Report Football sent out on Twitter. It was actually a pretty well-designed uh, like mural of all of the U.S. women's soccer players and then a bunch of people behind them, all in front of an American flag of sorts, and it's just like their headshot. Uh, and it starts out, you see you know, Kobe and LeBron as part of it, so you're like, oh, they play for Team America, so that makes sense, you know? Like they've, they've represented America on a sports scale. And you roll over and there's Ellen DeGeneres. Don't know where that came from. And then it just goes a whole lot of crazy. The cast of Friends, um, I think that's actually Michael Scott. It's not even, uh, it's not even Steve Carell. They actually picked Michael Scott to put him in there. Andy Samberg is in here uh, and Kim Kardashian. So they, they were trying to, I guess, thank the, 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 the team. They said hashtag one nation, one team. And then they put a bunch of random famous people that have nothing to do, have probably never played soccer in their life in the picture with them. And so my dude that sucks is not the person that made it. They were given that assignment. It's not the person that posted it. They were given that assignment. It is whatever person was in charge of them and saw this project happening, approved it being posted, and is probably up until the point that everyone just destroyed it on the internet, was really proud of this amazing, well-drawn picture. The thing that strikes me is it just, okay, so top left corner, and if, if you haven't seen this, you need to go on, just Google Bleacher Report Soccer Mural. <laughs> top left corner, it's Miley Cyrus, Will Smith, Iron Man, and Tom Cruise. But it's not Tom Cruise. It's Maverick from <laughs> Top Gun. Like, <laughs> oh, don't forget about is Will Ferrell back there? Will Ferrell's right beside it's Miley like Cyrus. Old Paul's Will Ferrell. <laughs> it's the most just odd assortment of human beings I've ever seen in my life simone biles that makes some sense she played it makes she she represents america it makes more sense than you know angelina jolie kendrick lamar david david schwimmer's goofy ass oh my gosh but it just like that it's a a mirror that exact like stylistic painting and everything of just the women's national team dope it'd be awesome would have been 
awesome. What do you think the conversation was like? All right, kid, I have an assignment for you. Represent America in the best way that you can, but you also have to include the women's soccer team. That's what it looks like, because there's more of these random celebrities than there are women's soccer players. I hope, honestly, for that editor's case, or whoever made this call, that was it, and the kid, this poor, poor intern was like, okay, yeah, and he just ran with it. But what I think happened, like, I'm sort of suspicious. He just handed them a list of these people and said, make it happen, son. Oh. And the, the intern's, like, flipping through, just, like, <laughs> sweating. He's like, are we are we sure? And he's too scared to ask him. Like, he's just misreading this. And he wasn't even sure. He said, it was, <laughs> is this Michael Scott or Steve Carell? Is it is this yes. Maverick or is this Tom Cruise? I don't know. Oh, it's so beautiful. Oh, it's so bad. So it who, is so bad. Who struck you this week? Have you heard of Austin Jones? I had not until this couple months ago. Austin Jones it's a was a little out of my out of our generation. I think a former YouTuber. Um, he had amassed over twenty million views on uh, during his. He was on it for about ten years. Well, uh, back in May, he was sentenced to ten years in uh, federal prison. He started serving his sentence last week, so he popped back up in the news. And I had seen some just like very surface level stuff, nothing, nothing too crazy. And then he went, he went viral and went front page of Reddit. So I, I it pinged my interest. Um, really, you should Google him right now. Like his haircut, just oh my god. Anyway, Austin Jones. He uh, he's a musician. And his videos really appeal to, I think the demographic, his target demographic is like 12 to 15 year old uh, uh, females. So he was caught forcing his underage followers to send him explicit videos. And- Looks like a member of Never Shall Never. Yeah, exactly. Um, when they refused or when they got a little creeped out, he would say, he would wager or hold it above their head like, oh, I thought you were my biggest fan and, and offer these, basically use their fanhood against them and exploit them. So one uh, account in particular really caught my eye. It was from YouTuber Aurora Skies. She posted a video on YouTube. And basically what happened is she ordered merch as a 13 or 14 year old. Um, uh, she ordered a hoodie. She got it. In her excited state, she posted a picture of it on Twitter. Austin Jones slides into her DMs and says, awesome. Thanks for the support. It looks really good. And then strikes up a conversation with her. And it's everything's going fine. Obviously, the girl's over the moon because it's, you know, her idol. Mm -hmm. Things progress. He says something along the effect of, uh, so what do you do for fun? And it comes out that she's a cheerleader. So Austin, this sick son of a bitch, says, um, let me see your uniform. Do you have it with you? And she says, yes. How old is she? 13 or 14 at the time. Um, and she goes to her closet, takes it out, and posts, like, takes a picture of it, but on the hanger. Like, she's holding it in her hand, to, and he sends it to him, and he's like, oh, no, 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 I'm... Can you, can you get into the uniform? So at this point, this is a bright young woman. She, and she admits, like, I was still a little starstruck. I thought it was a little weird. But she, she kind of resists, and he stops talking to her. And eventually they have, you know, I, I don't want to say reconcile, but they come back into communication. And he's like, would you feel more comfortable if we did this over text? So he gave this 13, 14-year-old girl his personal phone number, and they started iMessaging. 
he get it, things progress and yada yada yada. He finally asks her to send a picture or a video of herself in her cheerleading uniform, um, twerking. This uh, Aurora Skies uh, character, she says absolutely not. She kind of wises up and, and doesn't, but she has all the receipts, has all the DMs. She was one of those who like recognized how creepy the situation was and got the hell out. But several no, girls were yeah, not no, that yeah. lucky. So this little shit <laughs> was exposed. He? Uh, he at the time he was in his mid twenties uh, when he first got he he got caught in, in 2017. Um, and uh, there's there's several accounts of this, and he was charged with uh, possession of child pornography, and he's like I said, serving ten years in prison. This dude sucks. Going using your your platform to exploit children to send you sexually charged materials is there a, is there a worse like you have to be of the worst type of human being right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's it's crazy how mu- like how many people he could have affected with that. It's just that we aren't ever going to find out. It's about. Just, it's just repulsive. It's disgusting. I, do, I don't understand. I just don't understand it. And it's it's one of those stories that just like you read and it makes your stomach kind of turn and um, just just real crappy. So well, you're you're this dude sucks a lot worse than mine this week. Yeah, you had a little bit of lighthearted and that's yeah, that's probably that's probably for the best. But that was a uh, we'll have competitions. We'll just come up with the worst human beings we possibly can every week. Well, well that's so that's our show. Um, let's wrap it up. We took a little bit of a break. Uh, in between segments, we went to go to this workout called uh, Camp Gladiator. Andrew, it's your this is your uh, your thing. Why don't you tell the people about it and uh, why we we're all or why we were both so freaking miserable right now? Well, when I got my job, I was uh, I, I made a couple of friends, peers, and they were like, "Hey, I do Camp Gladiator." Dude, you have friends, wait, sick brag. I had been <laughs> I had already been working out, losing weight, and then they were like, "Hey, you should join us for Camp Gladiator Games, which is like a competition of fitness." I didn't think it'd be that in, like that crazy intensive, and I had several months to prepare for it. Well, it turns out it's the hardest like thing that I can imagine, at least from looking at it on paper. I haven't done it yet, so we'll see. But uh, so I got these this free month like to try out the actual Camp Gladiator thing. So that's what we've been doing for the last. I guess this is week two. It is an hour straight with maybe two minutes of rest of just three minutes of rest. I don't know intensive workout like, i mean it's cardio weightlifting, everything uh and i've literally never been sweatier than i am at the end of this so last week we go for the first time on monday monday and we roll up and me being a cocky bastard i'm like you know i'm in pretty good shape i'm gonna be just fine fast forward an hour there's this one really nice lady um who is in peak physical condition i am in a puddle of sweat essentially hyperventilating, just thinking every breath is going to be my last. She walks past us on the way to her car and says, nice work today, uh, nice work today, fellas. And I swear, if I had the energy, I would have stood up and said some really rude things. Because is it the trainer or Misty? Misty. Oh. No, but straight up, these people are in, oh my gosh. I thought I, thought I was in good shape. I, I really did. I knew I wasn't. So Holy was cow. It's like, and this was our third time going. 
there's a little bit of a miscommunication, but it's supposed to go at least three times a week, but we misunderstood the you know, we collectively, not my fault. We need to get into shape because we are going to Las Vegas in I, two weeks. I wanted to get weeks. in shape because I'm very out of shape, or was. But Vegas has really been a great inspiration. I really feel like giving myself two weeks is just enough time. Um, you know I'm the king of skinny fat, so I think I can burn off about 15 pounds of fat two weeks. I'm just going to start doing those in detox diets and the, the teas and whatnot and just go do a, do a juice cleanse. That should, that should fix everything, right? Ugh, I think God. I'll be fine. Um, all right. Thank you guys for tuning in. We are going to... We, you know, we're going to run up, run it back at some point this week. We'll do one more episode along the way. We're still trying to get our feet under us and um, figure out our, our flow. But I kind of, I kind of dug the, you know, the kind of different feel we've been, we know we've been very basketball heavy. It's been a crazy couple of weeks in the NBA. Um, but now that that's over or the most of it is over, we'll probably do one more basketball um, at some point, uh, especially post summer league. But, um, Thanks. I mean, I miss the basketball. Yeah. I always miss the basketball. Yeah. But, but you know. Uh, we'll get back there we'll get, eventually. We'll get to it when we get to it. Like I said, thank you all for tuning in. Y'all have a wonderful week, and we will catch you next time.